Hello, and welcome to the Motivate Change podcast, inspiring heart disease survivors to live a longer, healthier life. I'm your host, Devin Brzezinski, a fellow heart disease survivor and occupational therapy student here to help you navigate a world of uncertainty after a cardiac event. Today's episode is all about how passion leads to change. Before we jump into our episode today, a special word from our sponsors, and by sponsors, I mean me. I am advocating for heart disease because today is February 3rd, and it is officially Wear Red Day. The American Heart Association and Go Red for Women really try to advocate as much as we can this month for heart disease, and there's no better way than by wearing your favorite shade of red. So grab your red shirt or pants, socks, I don't care if it's a hat or scarf, just really rock your red and show your support for heart disease. Today's episode is all about passion and how passion leads to change. More specifically, I really want to highlight the reason why for this podcast and how occupational therapy is perfectly positioned to help cardiac rehab patients live a longer, healthier life. And as many of you already know, I am an occupational therapy student and I'm completing a doctoral capstone project within cardiac rehab at Johns Hopkins. My vision is to motivate and inspire cardiac rehab patients to take control of their health and incorporate new routines into their lives through an occupational therapy lens. And you may be asking yourself, what is occupational therapy? And I am so glad that you asked (laughs) because occupational therapy is so many things and it changes depending on what setting or population you work with. So traditionally, we are seen as tertiary care, meaning that something has already happened to you and now you are recovering from injury or illness But occupational therapy, our bread and butter, is really helping you live a more meaningful life. Occupational therapy helps you with anything that you need to do or want to do throughout your day, which is an extremely wide range, right? Um, Thinking about all of the activities that you do every single day, whether it's getting up out of bed, getting dressed, brushing your teeth, showering, to making meals, and taking care of pets and others, like there's it's very, very broad, right? And I think that's a, a main reason why occupational therapy isn't well known is because we can help in so many different areas and it really just depends on where you are and what your needs are. So we can work with uh, infants and working on developmental skills to having them learn how to play and incorporate rules into their day, or we can work with older adults, maybe recovering from a stroke or a traumatic brain injury, um, a spinal cord injury, end of life care. There's just so many different areas that occupational therapy can specialize in. And like I said, it really just depends. 
Now, you may have had experience with occupational therapy immediately following your heart surgery. It just kind of depends on where you are. But in the acute setting, we're really helping you get moving. So trying to get maybe sitting at the edge of the bed, um, learning about any precautions that you might have to protect your incision managing any pain that you might be experiencing and also the mental health side of it, right? Like you've been through something traumatic. This is a huge event. And so how are you coping with the surgery and what are the next steps, right? Like, are you going to cardiac rehab? Are you going home and having home care? And I think that there's a really big opportunity here for some additional education and bringing value to people that are going through this experience, because even though it's, um, it's one of the most common diagnoses in the world, it's unique for every single person and every situation that you're in, and you need that customized care. Now, I will be interviewing several experts in the field here um, to really understand what is the continuum of care because I think that there's a lot of confusion once you leave the hospital what happens next right if you are not receiving home health and you're starting cardiac rehab or vice versa maybe you do have home care, but then you're not eligible for a cardiac rehab. And so I really want to pick some people's brains about why some people qualify, why some don't, and like, what does that look like in the next stage of your recovery process? But no matter where you are throughout your recovery process and and your unique journey, I think that you will find a lot of value in this podcast because I'm covering a wide variety of topics. So I'm going to be covering ways to get more movement in throughout your day um, and to live a more active lifestyle, even if it's exercise is not your bread and butter, Um, just simple digestible ways to incorporate more movement and also how to get those those weekly recommendations that the American Heart Association and the CDC really try to promote because majority of us Americans do not, we do not get nearly enough exercise and movement in throughout our day. So what does that look like exactly? And how can you take small, realistic, smart goals to get to that level? The second session is focused on a peer mentor support group. If you're in person, we're actually having patients that are in phase three cardiac rehab, which means that they are no longer hooked up to the EKG and they are no longer monitored, but they continue to come in and they work out. Um, Those patients will be coming into the clinic and sharing their experience with heart disease. Um, But on this podcast, I will be interviewing survivors that have their own unique stories. And I will be calling it our survivor series. Um, Because even though we all have experienced heart disease, our stories are so different. And that's what makes it so special. 
The third segment that I will be talking about on the podcast is how to reduce your stress and get better sleep. So lots of uh, areas to go into on this one, but stress is a big contributing factor to having heart disease. Um, and the, the better that we can control it and manage it, the better, because we know stress is never going to go away fully. Um, but if we can really learn ways to cope with it, I think the better off we will all be. And the final section of this podcast is really geared towards eating healthier. So doing a deep dive into what are your typical eating habits? What are the most common things that you eat on a weekly basis? What's your relationship like with the word diet? Um, And how can you start incorporating small, achievable changes into your eating every day? And lastly, I wanted to share a little bit about my why and just why I am so passionate about heart disease and helping those that have been affected by it. And that's because I can personally relate because I had heart surgery when I was only four months old. So I had two congenital heart defects. The first was a defective mitral valve and the second was an atrioventricular septal defect. And I will go into what that exactly means when I share my story in the Survivor series. But I just wanted to touch on the fact that since I've been born, (laughs) health and fitness and just staying on top of my health and being as proactive as I can with my health care, it's been a big value of mine. And I think that I am positioned really well to be able to speak to my experiences living with heart disease and how that has kind of shaped how I've put this program together to really hone in on specific areas, the getting more movement, better sleep, less stress, um, having that peer-to-peer connection with sharing other people's stories um, and eating healthier. I think those are really crucial areas to our health and well-being as heart disease survivors. And I want to continue to share that knowledge. I also found myself wanting to give back to this group of individuals because we all have different stories that are all so unique and so um, meaningful. But I, I just really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And so I started volunteering a lot with the American Heart Association. And in 2021, I was asked to become a real women, a national ambassador for the American Heart Association and Go Red for Women. So I have been advocating on behalf of women and everyone affected by heart disease ever since. But once I really got into the didactic portion of my occupational therapy curriculum, I realized that there are a lot of similarities between how occupational therapists intervene with their patients and 
um, and cardiovascular disease. So that's really where I saw the connection between the two. And so I'm extremely excited to blend both of my passions together to create this occupational therapy based program for cardiovascular patients such as yourself. So I think that's it guys. Um, I've talked about my passion and why I'm starting this podcast. I shared a little bit about my story. There's more to come when we talk in our survivor series about that. Um, and now you've learned a little bit more about what occupational therapy is and how I can help with anyone that's experiencing a cardiac event. So if you have any burning questions or topics that I have mentioned or may not have mentioned, I want you to reach out to me, whether that's DMing me, emailing me, talking to me in person, uh, because I want to be a resource for you throughout your entire continuum, your, your journey throughout your recovery process. So with that, I will let you all go with heart. This is Devin Brzezinski. Take care.